0: Tribe Productions presents The Creator's Journey with your host and the founder of Tribe, Kunal Purswani. This is a casual yet deeply intimate and unfiltered experience where I share my life as a person and as a creator. I also host a variety of guest creators who share their journey and their experiences. Welcome to the sixth episode of my podcast. Or should I say welcome back because of the hiatus I took last week? Okay, no, hiatus is a bit too official. But I took the break for two good reasons. Firstly, I was preparing for college to start, which it did last week and fucking hell, it's a rollercoaster doing these classes online. I simply don't see the point in them because I can't understand shit. You need to be in an active learning environment like a school or college campus to actually learn something. I mean. I also consider YouTube such an environment, but Zoom is just so cold and boring and lifeless. YouTube still has that colorful editing and shit. And the internet. What the hell happens to the internet when I'm doing classes? I genuinely can't see or hear anything. I have to use VPN to access all these US websites and the stupid VPN that I paid $120 for just stops for no reason. Okay. So the teachers keep students active through homework assignments, but that's only if the never before heard of platforms work, right? I still don't have access to a homework and textbook website for one of my classes. Though the professor is kind enough to be considerate about that, but I got to do about two or three weeks worth of assignments at one time. And I don't even know exactly how much because I still don't have access. I hate paying so much just to stare at a lagging screen. College is not just about classes, it's also about the social experiences. If the entire medium of learning has changed, I strongly believe the grading system also has to change. We're already going through so much being stuck in our own houses. Expecting us to follow the same assignment schedule and strict grading curves is really inconsiderate. Anyway, thank you for coming to my I hate Zoom University rant. The second reason for the break is this video I made called Vivek Se Azadi and it was so worth delaying the podcast for a week, not because it got a thousand views, not trying to brag, no, not because of the audience reception, but because it was genuinely so much fun to make. So it started with a story I posted about a group of idiots asking for hashtag mask Se Azadi, which in English means freedom from masks. I mean, I got to say stuff in English now because we've got Americans listening to this. So as usual, these people were quoting pseudoscience to prove their point, which is a huge problem because a lot of us haven't studied science and will believe anything that sounds remotely scientific. But not to worry, your boy studied science for 16 years, so I can't be fooled that easily. Anyway, I had no intention of doing anything about it until one of my friends replied to my story saying I can feel fire content coming up and that's when it hit me. I had already dismissed their argument with all of the counters I had come up with in my mind. And yeah, never dismiss anything blindly. I literally had the whole script in my mind and all I had to do was put it down on paper and add about three and a half grams of comedy to it. And for the first time we had my cast of characters, including Dad, Ayan, and Chor, appearing on a Kunal Explains video. Never expected this to happen, but it did and damn it was good. Again, not because of the amazing response from my audience, thank you guys, but because I myself saw the video five times just for fun. It was just such a good combination of Carrie Minati, slay point and my own argument, like, you guys definitely don't want to miss this one, so I'll link it in the description. I spent three whole days, and I mean whole, filming and editing this, non-stop, but I enjoyed every minute of it. Now, let's get to why I missed the podcast for Vivek Azadi. And my answer is just because my gut told me that I had to do it in the last week. And so I did. And this profession of content creation is super weird, man. It is almost impossible to understand for someone who is not in it. The most common example of this, and maybe I've said this before, is parents. They will see you spending so much time on your phone and think you are wasting your life away. But in reality, you are busy with your own hustle. And that's just one aspect of its weirdness. In this profession, you really, really have to go with your gut or your inner voice or whatever the hell you want to call it. You can't stick to one schedule for long, because if you do your work gets very mechanical and that's what I feel is ha- was happening with the podcast. I may not show it because I always give my 100%, but yeah, it was, and your creative flair highly depends on your gut and the amount of freedom you give your mind. So sometimes you have to compromise and as I said. It's very weird. You'd never find such a process in any other profession. So if you creatives feel like, okay, I don't want to drop a video this week. I want to do something else. Just do it, man. You need to keep the excitement alive. And sometimes it's super rewarding. For me, the reward was that I found my niche. All my videos have comedy and a strong point of view. So they're original and funny, but they lack any form of relatability. And that is a huge problem since things sell on the internet based on a few core themes. For example, for tech videos, it's immersion. The video needs to show you how the product, for example, a smartphone feels in your hand. For vlogs, it's excitement and adventure. The biggest task for a vlogger is to take everyday life and edit it to be something interesting, exciting or meaningful. In my case, for comedy to sell on the internet, it needs to have relatable content or it needs to be a roast of someone or something, you know, it just needs to be outright absurd. <laughs> and absurdity works the best, by the way, just look at the Rasodeme Kontha trend or Ronit Ashra's videos or the Binod trend. To put it simply, absurdity and roasts work best with Gen Z's and some millennials, while relatability usually only works with millennials. And that is why it's slowly fizzling out. What worked with Vivek Se Azadi is that it roasted those anti-maskers so perfectly that people just loved it. And of course, the anti-maskers provided the absurdity. Problems with this video. It's a bit slow, so it works perfectly on YouTube. But for IG, you need to pick up the pace quite a bit. Of course, whoever saw the video loved it. But the reason a lot of people left a few minutes into the video is because IG just isn't the platform for a slow burn. And that is exactly what all my videos are. They are a slow burn and IG is increasingly becoming a platform where quick content is becoming King, especially because of reels. So that's my current dilemma. Should I compromise on the nature of my videos to get a wider reach on IG or should I stick with it? Because slow burn content is content that actually sticks with you. So think about breaking bad versus too hot to handle keeping drama in mind. Too Hot To Handle was a huge thing when it dropped and nearly everyone watched it. This is quick content because the audience gets drama every two minutes and they just cannot get bored. But with Breaking Bad, you need to invest a little time and mindfulness to get the drama, like to get to the drama. But the payoff in the end is so much better. For some, it is a little tough to be patient enough to keep with Breaking Bad's slow pace, but For those who do, the escalations hit even better. And the same can be said about The Office. As many people say, you just have to sit through the first season and then it just gets 10 times better. Now think about this. It's been almost two months since Too Hot to Handle dropped. People have already moved on from it. People obsessed with Indian matchmaking and now they have moved on from that too. But Breaking Bad ended in 2013 and people still haven't moved on. It has a huge fan following which spawned a spin-off show and a movie, both of which have got the same response as the original. So if you see my current videos like the comedy sketches or Vivek Se Azadi, they will stick with you because of their slow burn. So of course you need to watch them in their entirety, but not many people will see it because on IG that type of content just doesn't work anymore. If PBK wines hypothetically had started today and on IG, he would probably never reach the point that he has right now. But if you see this video I made called How to Stay Safe and Sane, Tarak Meta Edition, TMKOC Edition, it will keep you hooked and make you laugh because the jokes drop every minute. But it will not stick with you, let's say, two months down the line. So now I have two things to think about. One, how do I pump up the relatability of my videos or make them more roast like or absurd? And two, should I compromise on my style a little? Mind you, a little to get a better reach. One thing to note about this entire analysis I just made is that even if I fail at becoming a big enough content creator, I will leave this field with this invaluable knowledge of social media platforms, which I could very well apply to my backup marketing career. And as I always say, keep doing, just keep doing because even if you don't succeed, you learn more than you would have if you just sat idle and did nothing. Man, it's super tough keeping this section with college and my personal brand and tribe cause this segment of the show requires a lot more planning than anything else I do. It is verbal vomit. Yes, but it is crafted verbal vomit. I write a lot of this beforehand because some of these ideas are actually very radical and require me to carefully choose my words to effectively put my message across. So I have decided to cut this segment out of the podcast henceforth, at least for some time. Of course, we'll have a little one to two minute conversation before we get to the guest creator, but you probably will not hear me give such thoughts very often. I say probably because I will definitely do solo episodes and a lot of them where I talk about things that would that I would normally talk about in this segment. So without any further ado, let's get to the guest creator for this week. Today, we are in conversation with food blogger and photographer, Mehek Khanna. Hi. Hey, Mac. Am I
1: Audible?
0: Yep, you're Audible. Welcome to the Creator's Journey podcast. Thank you. All right, so Mac, um, let's start with introducing yourself. Uh, What do you do and who are you?
1: (laughs) Um. Okay, so uh, I'm currently an engineering student, but that's not what I do. Uh, I'm venturing into food photography as of now but I've been blogging for the past two years on Instagram it's a micro blog I am in the making of a website and a proper blog since I've started developing recipes in quarantine and I started like I tried my hand at cooking so yeah that's about it that's me
0: Mm -hmm. and let's say uh, how did your passion for food blogging start like because I mean if you're an engineer you're nowhere near the life of a food blogger so that could be an interesting uh, story for the audience
1: yeah for sure so uh, when i was in the 10th or 11th standard after school basically when i first got into college uh, the whole concept of taking a tiffin to college literally went haywire even though i was doing iit tuitions and i had like i was out of home for nine hours even if i did carry a tiffin on days i would still end up eating out a lot and plus the whole benefit of being a mittiwai student Obviously, gave into to like all the junk cravings, all of the places around Mithibai, around college mm-hmm. and exploring more food and going out to eat with your friends. Like we, we couldn't go out as much in our school times like people do now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe because like I'm a 90s kid, like I'm the last of the 90s kid. But yeah, for sure, we didn't go out so often and chill at restaurants like people do now. So that, that whole concept came into place after I went into college. Because then I didn't have to, like, tell my parents what I'm doing, if I'm bunking a lecture or not. Because school wasn't like that. We had tuitions, back-to-back. ICSQ is tough that way. So then uh, I tried to explore a lot of places. And uh, at that time, Instagram was booming with food blogging pages. And I used to follow two or three of them, which were very big. Mm. and are still the biggest pages today so uh, every time i saw them post about a restaurant i had to go and try it out as mm. long as it was vegetarian i had to go and try it out and i had to see if what they're saying is true and every time i did try it out i left my feedback on Zomato. just mm. out of like i don't know love for writing about food or just hello so that's how it all started you kind and... of cut out
0: over there could you repeat
1: okay sorry uh, so where, so what was the last thing that you heard me
0: you were talking about leaving reviews on zomato
1: yeah so uh, so it was just out of pure love of writing and love of food both mm-hmm. i i had to like pen down my experiences so that in case i want to go back and i want to reorder something I, ha- I had to have it in mind Like, what do I want to order or whatever I want to suggest my friends. And at that time, we used to always put like Snapchat stories, Instagram stories of where we're going. Yeah. And once I started doing that, almost on a daily basis, my friends pushed me to start a page. But Mm. uh, my 11th and 12th was very occupied with J engineering and all of that entrance test. Mm. So I couldn't give much time to my Instagram page, which is why I never started one. As soon as my 12th got over and I went to uh. A sister's trip, a solo trip actually. I went solo and I met my sister halfway there in London and we went on like a 18-day trip of 18 different cuisines,
2: Hmm. but
1: vegetarian. People don't explore. Like when people go to the British or anywhere, people genuinely like try and eat more meat on the streets and stuff like that. So exploring different cuisines and getting vegetarian variety was a toughie. Mm. And we still did that and it was amazing and that that's when it hit me that this is what I like. This is mm. what I should be vlogging about. When, when my friends were telling me, they pushed me, that was one thing. But when the whole trip happened, I was very sure I had to start a page. Which is why the name came into place around the world in a play. Because I really want to go around the world and discover cuisines and like talk mm. about my food experiences somewhere, somehow. So at least if, even if one of my followers goes and tries that place on my recommendation, I think I'm done for the day. Mm. Like I'm successful in what I'm doing,
0: yeah, so has being vegetarian been a problem? like I'm sure it has Just, like um uh, let us it has a,
1: view it yeah, from your pros perspective and yeah yeah it it has sp- on every time I went for a blogger's table, there were like eighty percent people were non vegetarian, so the most of the dishes that we ordered were non vegetarian, and I never even got to taste it. Hmm. And even otherwise, people have a prejudice towards non-veg food. Like, everyone is like butter chicken, butter chicken, hota hai. biryani srif, non-veghi, vegetable, and all of that. Hmm. But I don't think so. Like, like my, ma- my mom is from Delhi, and Delhi is dominantly non-vegetarian food. But the vegetarian food there is insane. I don't know why people don't talk about it so much. Hmm. So, like, recently things have started coming to Bombay, like, soya chaap has come into Bombay. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, dahi, dahi ke bhalle, dahi pakode, dahi ke kebab, all of this is very Delhi street food. You mm. get this on the street, and here you get it in, like, good pasta restaurants. So, Were uh, slowly, slowly bringing it in mm. to Bombay. So, I don't think being vegetarian is a con at all. Like, there is a lot to explore even in vegetarian food. There's mock meat also. If, like, if you really want to have meat, there is mock meat. Mm that you get, which gives you the same texture and, and paneer to chicken nahi hota hai. Matlab, yeah. Chicken samaj ke khaja is not my ideology. Of the you mean ideology.
0: paneer samaj ke khaja? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but is it limiting? Like, uh, I'm sure cause I mean, uh, as you said, a lot of the food that you can explore is non-veg. If you see many cultures around the world, um, most of their food is most of the cuisine is non-veg. So do you feel limited? the fact that you're vegetarian.
1: Mm. So where in 2020, uh, most of the world, everywhere, like places like China, my sister is residing in in China right now and I did a trip to Shanghai and Mm. I explored like more than 11 different varieties of vegetarian cuisine there, not vegan, vegetarian. Mm. And vegan, there is like more than 50 to 80 varieties of food that you get there. Mm. So if a place like China can offer you veg food, I don't think anywhere in the world you would have a problem being vegetarian. Mm. So it's not a downside at all, it's just how you see it and it, it takes time to explore those places unless like you're not a local, you wouldn't get mm. like any recommendations since I have like someone who's local, it was easier for me to find out those places, which is why I wanted to put it out because wow. people still do travel to like Hong Kong, Shanghai, these places are very, very frequently traveled, mm. but people limit themselves to just eating a subway or just sticking to one brand of like lace that they recognize.
0: Yeah. No, no, I feel it's, it's a really uh, bad thing that Indians do when we go abroad, maybe not our generation, but our parents' generation, whenever we go abroad, they're always finding Indian food to eat. Yeah, I mean, this is not about,
2: so irritating.
0: This is not like, okay, you're going for a year or two, like you're living there for business. No, you're going for a vacation, you're going for like a week. And you still exactly want
1: to like you should explore it. the place, like explore explore their culture, explore their cuisines, explore their street food. Because what else will you remember? You will never remember that. tower temple garden flower Those are just for pictures, and that'll get over. But the cuisine and like all of all of those experiences count a lot more. Traditional experiences. Anything yep. like a tea ceremony in China, or I'd done like a, a afternoon tea. English mm. breakfast and like they have that afternoon tea where they serve you muffins and sandwiches and all of that with English tea. Mm. Those are things that you should try when you're going there. Instead of like meri Indian chai bina. Mm. all of that. Like mm. I get the sentiment behind it, but I, I would say you should be open to trying out
0: no even it's i not
2: feel
1: all them. days of your trip at least half of the trip you can try and like half of the trip you can use your food that you're taking from home or whatever mm. ready to eat packs
0: no even i feel them because um sometimes let's say let's say you're in china and um their cuisine is not the most um appetizing no yeah it's not the most appetizing for a lot of people in the world and like yeah, true. Okay, you should explore it but um, maybe it's not for you maybe You're just not feeling right while eating it. So for that, I think, you know, keeping some Indian or American restaurants.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm all pro for taking like kokis and theplas and all of that. That is your survival meal. You have to carry Maggie wherever you're traveling, wherever in the world. Even if you're just going to Lonavala with your friends for two days, Maggie is going to be your survival kit at the end of the day. Hmm. But I'm just saying you should be open to trying stuff.
2: You You shouldn't be be all
1: like... I'm taking a chef along with me, like all these guys, like tours and all of that. They take their whole Maharaj along because they yeah. take Gujarati families or Jain families or any, any Indian families. They're accustomed to eating, roti, hmm. but at the expense of that, you end up missing the entire experience of a place. Hmm. You literally just going there to sightsee, which you can do online. You don't need yeah. to go there
0: it's a very important thing that you bring up. Like, I know we're deviating a bit too much in the in conversation. We're deviating a bit too much. But um when you spoke about how when you go to a place and you don't try the cuisine, you just end up looking at a tower and you won't even remember it. I mean, yeah. the, the entire essence of your page is like, okay, I travel and food is an it's important part. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. an important part of that traveling experience. It adds, it's like, um, how we have five senses, right? Touch, sound, yeah. sight, etc. We also yeah, so correct. in traveling, we need to engage all the senses, not just our sound, not just our auditory sense, not just our visual. Uh, yeah, we yeah, need to yeah. engage the gastronomous. I, I don't know what to call it, man. I'm really struggling yeah. over here because I'm not. No, that, but I
1: get what you're saying. I completely get what you're saying, and that's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm
0: my people because
1: the taste lingers on so once i've had chinese in china i will never ever tell anyone that you know even if even if you go to the most expensive place in bombay even if you go to Yaocha, it's nowhere close to authentic chinese authentic chinese does not have any salt yep. any salt whatsoever yep. it's completely bland but it's still very tasteful
2: mm-hmm.
1: so bland and tasteful are very it's an acquired taste it's not even tasteful it's an acquired taste people who eat that every day are very used to eating that they can Mm -hmm. never eat our spices or our kind of food it won't settle in their stomach exactly like their food doesn't settle in ours it's like that
0: very true i mean i i lived in the u.s for about eight months i guess i don't know properly because covid ruined my college experience (laughs) my first year but uh like once i went there i just couldn't find myself eating their food for a long period of time like okay for the first week I was super excited because I was getting beef and I was getting all all the other food that you don't get in India. Like yeah, five guys and... eating
1: pizza for lunch, dinner every day is is not something you can do. It's something you imagine, yeah this is the life I want but after a point it just gets like Dal hey,
0: the thing is uh as you said I, I was continuing on that like okay people are very used to what they eat. So over there they're not used to a lot of masaledar food. Yeah. and that i guess was my biggest struggle and uh, whoever asked me like i remember i we had two counselors over there and they kept like academic counselors and they kept asking like how's the experience and the first problem that i brought up was always food because it was just too bland for me so i i actually really? took, In the us yeah because they don't have the masala yeah, yeah, spices yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah exactly
0: Otherwise, like, it was good, of course, as you said, enjoying Excel pizza.
1: grilled chicken and all of that, but that's very bland. Like, it's they don't add sauces and, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying.
0: It's too bland, yeah. No, so, I want to talk about another thing that your page is implicitly specializing in. It's college cuisine. Like, yes. again, um, food is a very important part of the college experience. Like, even if you've seen it in the movies, people talk shit about their mess ka khana but they love they will remember it once their college is over
1: tell me about it covid has made me miss my college more than anything so in 3 years of college i might not have eaten like at my canteen more than maybe say 20 to 30 times but those 20 to 30 times are the only thing that i remember about college now i don't miss sitting in class for a 11- lecture but I miss sitting in my canteen and like arguing with that guy that I want more cheese, why didn't you give me this? Why aren't you available today? Why don't I eat pizza? Why aren't you available today? And all of that, like, those are things that you'll always remember that this is my college's best, and you can't get this at the rate. Mein nahi aisa khana. Mm. You know? And everyone has that about their college. Everyone has a bias about their college.
0: Yeah, I remember, dude, uh, in Jamnabai, we used to have, uh, like, my mom used to give me food in Tiffin. Cause like, I don't know why <laughs> she treated me like a baby, <laughs> but I, most of the time I would just like not eat that food or eat that food and have canteen ka kana because it was shit. It wasn't good. Like it, it was yeah. really, really bad, but there was just something about it, you know, eating with friends and the entire, um, yeah, of the, it, so the
1: whole point of college is like you sit with your friends, you're enjoying the meal. If one person is paying for it, that person ends up eating only one piece and the exactly. rest of the people finish it that's an experience that you it's live experience for experience, even yes. even if you're like on a college trip if you're going to like manali see that's like the most visited college trip place yeah but like eating that one maggi with five people even if you get one by it's not it doesn't give you the same feel which is exactly what travel is so all that i remember about my trips is the food that i shared like when we took food in our bags the food that we finished in the train The food that we ate at the restaurants and the hotels there. And the only, like, we we ended up eating pizza only one. Out of 12 days, we only ate pizza once. On our entire trip in college.
2: So,
1: exactly, like, we, you should always explore on the streets. There is nothing like street food. And colleges are exactly about that. So, what you said, my page is uh, very college-centric because, one, I am in college. And, two, because I discovered love for food in college. I would have never... Had the page if I wasn't a Mittybai student.
2: Hmm. I would
1: never have had this page. Definitely. So, everyone in Mittybai used to come to me and ask me, na, me menu pe mil hmm. which happens even in RGIT. When I post something like, like in my college right now, I'm in an engineering college. That happens even now. That uh, if I post something on my Instagram page, they're like, Do we get this in our college? Is <laughs> that really our college? Ka khana? Mm. listen I don't think I think you're faking it this is not our college and I'm like uh, listen look at the plate look at the color of the plate this is our college ka plate. Yeah. and then Mate. they went back to the canteen and they ordered and the canteen guy came and like thanked me and he was he gave <laughs> me free tea for the year and I was like wow, this is so much fun so that's yep. all that my page is about I like telling college people where you can go how affordable things can be if you eat right and how tasty things are you just have to like look for it
0: mm. so see uh, this is a question I wanted to ask you and uh, so one when someone hears around the world in a plate or just comes to your page first, the the essence, like the, uh, let's say the first impression that I get is that, oh, this is something that's going to be about genes uh, around the world, but you specialize in college genes, like as we just spoke about, so what are you doing to move your image towards that because for someone who sees your page for the first time.
1: Image towards what?
0: So if not me, because I have followed a page for a while, but, uh, let's say some new newcomer comes and sees your page for the first time, the name around the world in a plate and the kind of photography you see, it gives me the impression that, Oh, this is about global cuisines. But your actual specialization is college cuisines. So are you actively trying towards moving moving towards college Cuisines? Like that, are so you trying to make that image? there's something very
1: exciting coming up in that regard, which I cannot disclose yet. But there is something very, very exciting coming I mean, for all my college buddies and all my college friends that I really want them to look out for. It's going to be uh, very helpful for everyone.
0: I it's know about this. Essentially,
1: Yeah, you know about <laughs> it, but yeah. So uh, everyone has asked me to do this for a very long time. Like people WhatsApp me and I'm, I'm everyone's walking, talking Zomato. Mm -hmm. I'm literally like, if I, if I could be like an AI system or something like that, I would be, I would be where they go and search for uh, which place I want to eat, which, what's my budget and like, what can I eat? Like if it's a date and if I want to eat Italian and this is my budget, how can I go? Where can I go? I'm that person. Mm -hmm. I'm literally that system. So there is something coming up in this regard, which maybe is coming very soon for everyone to watch. And yeah, Yeah. then that will be disclosed. But yes, I am doing something actively to get more college centric attention to my page because that is my niche. That is my crowd. And I want to do something for them also not just like because so that's one thing other than that also on my page, I don't just promote like five star restaurants or big restaurants or something which is not affordable for the general crowd. Mm Today itself. Today itself, I made a, like I made a cake from scratch. Mm-hmm. But when I promoted it, I promoted the baker who taught me, and she's mm-hmm. a home baker from Varli and like uh, not from Varli. Sorry, Central, some Grant Road or something. Yeah, <laughs> town side. Okay. So uh, she taught me this three and a half years ago. But I still asked her for recommendations. I asked her, and she's a very expensive baker because mm-hmm. she's a home baker and she's been in this field for so long. She's Hmm. one of the finest,
2: Hmm.
1: but I still promoted that. And after that, like after two or three stories, you'll see that I'm promoting a masala guava juice, real juice that people don't know has launched because they didn't Hmm. publicize it. And I don't know, somehow I found it in the market and I wanted people to try it because it was so good. Hmm. After Talking about some vada pav, So there were so many reacts on the cake story from my other niche, but there were so many people asking me about the Kiti College vada pav because that's my kind of crowd.
0: No, you definitely.
2: I'm
1: doing, like yeah, that's go what ahead, I'm trying ahead. to space it out on my feed. I'm trying to space it out in a way where everyone I can like I can promote small businesses, I can promote restaurants, I can promote stuff from streets. It shouldn't be just one centric kind of a thing. I think then your mm. your page dies. Like after a yeah. point, you exhaust your resources yeah. if you go in just one direction.
0: And we've discussed this before that uh, a lot of bloggers, they tend to focus on a lot of elitist stuff like, as you said, five-star restaurants and stuff like that and that's when they start missing out on these hidden gems that you talk about like your college food that nobody knows of or that day you had posted a Subway, some sandwich, I don't remember exactly which one. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. there was a new flavor. Exactly. So like the real thing, the real guava masala juice is a juice that people don't know about. And hmm. Subway launched a fiery paneer sub, which is like the spicy patty from McDonald's into a sub, hmm. which is like almost every vegetarian's favorite have a variety in vegetarian food. yeah. And uh, and that comes in a sub. So people didn't know about that. And I wanted to promote it. like, It wasn't a paid promotion at all. None of these are. Hmm. But I want my audience to know that, okay, this is also an option when I'm ordering from out, why should I stick to eating like the same restaurant, ka yeah. same khana when I can try this much in the same budget. Yeah. It's not exorbitantly expensive. Hmm.
0: So definitely food blogging has opened up your taste buds quite a bit. Like, of course, because in some cases you have to try new things just, to, just for the sake of content, I guess. Is yeah.
1: So I used to hate Thai curry. All my life I've hated Thai food. Hmm. And like over time I developed a taste of it after I tried it at different places and I realized, okay, no, the things that I've tried, maybe I didn't like it at first, but after I started developing a taste for tasting different things, mm. my horizon has expanded. I started eating Bengan Ka Bharta. I hadn't eaten it all my life as a kid. I used to hate eggplant.
2: Yeah.
1: But after I had eggplant in Mez food, like in a Mez platter, you get Baba Ganoush, which is a very good dip. It's like, it's one of the very nice Middle Eastern dips. Mm. And I love that. And I told my mom that how can I like this like Bengan at home? Maybe you're cooking it wrong. Ah. And they told me, okay, you try to karke and the day I tried it. I loved it. And after that, I've been eating it. So, it, it helps you get rid of prejudice.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Vlogging helps you do that because hmm. you have to start trying out. Would you, you can't just stick to make butter paneer and this is my
0: meal. Could you elaborate a little on that though? How content creation, since this is a podcast about creators, content creators, could you elaborate on how content creation is helping people open up in general, like, if you want to talk about it.
2: Yeah, sure.
1: So uh, content creation is helping people because so you see so many people were not very, uh, I wouldn't say tech savvy, but people were not very uh, restaurant savvy in terms of uh, ordering from different places on Zomato. Zomato Gold opened that horizon for people to try out new things. Yeah. People were very skeptical of going to any other restaurant other than the one that they've been visiting over 12, 15 years with their family. And everyone has their own taste and they've stuck to that. Mm. But there's no harm in trying new things. And Mm. content creation got that out. After Zomato Gold went down, after Uber Eats came in, Uber Eats went down, bloggers still remained. Instagram still remained. It's still, uh, all social media are a great platform for promoting restaurants and businesses and home businesses who are trying out different things like there are people who are doing DIY pizza kits people are doing DIY sushi Hmm. they are sending you sushi at home like from scratch you don't need to go out
0: I've heard of that yes yeah
1: so yeah so content creation is literally just helping in that like if I'm creating content around maybe like a honey brand or a tea brand, what is different about them? Why am I creating content on them? It's not Nest Cafe that I'm creating content for, right? Or it's not your regular brew coffee or co- like anything. Taj tea, whatever you drink. Yeah. So every time a content creator is pushing out something, it's because one, they believe in the brand's idea. And also second, that there is something new to it that people don't know of. And people no. should know of. Group. Which has so, Social media ads and all of this has opened up so many uh, opportunities for brands to grow and also for people to get out of their comfort zone of just sticking to the same places. Mm. And so many people have developed a taste for sushi in Bombay. People never used to eat sushi. Yeah.
2: My sister
1: used to eat sushi seven years back when sushi used to cost like exorbitant amount of money. Mm. Like, and now it's it's not cheaper, it's just relatively more available at different places.
0: It yeah, used can. to be like
1: an elite food that, okay, you have to go to Lyaucha, or you have to go to papaya in Parel mm. or someplace like that to eat sushi. Mm. Now it's pretty much available at most Asian restaurants. Mm. Asian cuisine became a thing.
2: Mm.
1: Thai cuisine became a thing. People mm. never used to eat that. It used to be either Punjabi, khana hai jake, South Indian, khana hai, fast food or Chinese. Khana hai. Mm. I don't think there were any more like variations out of these four. Hmm. And even like Maharashtrian restaurants have come up, Goan restaurants have come up, yeah. Kerala restaurants have come up. There are so many different places where people have started exploring that, okay, South Indian does not just mean Idli Sambar Vada, Dosa.
0: <laughs> yeah. So now, all
1: of this has happened because of content creation in my head.
0: Goan Cuisine is definitely one of my favorites apart from the mainstream North Indian. Because I don't know, it's just something about that the spices that they have. It just makes yeah. everything so, so flavorful. It's if,
1: smoothie. It, it's smooth. It's, yeah, it's very, very creamy smooth. in texture. And like, mm. it, it's good food.
0: It's really good food. And it, it's just, I don't know if it's the name or what it is, but Goan food just makes you relax for some reason. Quite huh. a bit. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it just makes me feel so good. Like, oh, I'm on a beach or something. I don't know. Maybe it's just Yeah, a it gives you a very relaxing speaking.
1: feeling. Yeah, I get what you're saying. No, 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 no. I get mm. it. Yeah.
0: No, very true. So, I mean, uh, do you see a future in this? Because, I mean, one of the main questions when I ask you that, do you see a future? Is this a safe job for someone who's starting out? Like, let's say there is some food blogger who just starts out right now after listening to this podcast, is it safe to assume that this person can make a future out of this? And would you make a future out of this? If you had the chance.
1: Could you repeat that?
0: So the question is, would you make a future out of this? And if someone is starting right now, like literally listening to this podcast, after listening to this podcast, they start their own food blog. Would you say it's a safe investment of their time? Can you make a future out of this and would you make a future out of this?
1: For me personally, yes, I want to get into food photography full time, Mm -hmm. but I'm not taking that risk yet because I'm still in, in terms of graduation. I'm still not there yet. I still have Mm -hmm. to finish my graduation until then I can do it as a side thing and figure out if this is, this is really going to get me the money that I need. Mm Mm-hmm. to make it a full-time career and also that if I'm really actually good at it so everyone wants to be a food blogger everyone wants to be a food photographer everyone wants to have an aesthetic instagram page but you have to stand out from the crowd if you're yep. not standing out from the crowd if you're not growing and I don't recommend people starting out now to just directly go by 10k followers that doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense if you're starting yeah. out now there's no worry there's no harm there are people starting out now it's not a it's you're not at all late you're never late mm-hmm as long as you have an original idea and you're not copying someone who's been doing this since 5 years
2: hmm.
1: what done since 5 years if you start doing now people have already seen it 5 years back yeah what's new to your page like what's hmm. what's there in your page why would people want to follow you or why would people want to look up to you hmm. what are you bringing to the table that is different from others if you have something like that go for it definitely go for it go for your passion without blinking an eye i would say yeah that's what i did And I ended up like at least getting half my foot dipped into food photography. Let's just say that.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So,
1: yeah. And for me personally, I will uh, consider this a full-time option once and only and only if I can continue it daily without getting bored. Mm. That's a very big factor in content creation. People get content blocks and then people get into procrastination and then the same loop goes on and on and on and on. And then you just stop one day. Hmm. If that's gonna happen, then you're wasting all the time and efforts that you're putting in till that day. Hmm. So unless you really love what you're doing, don't do it. Don't do it for the likes, don't do it for the validation About of followers <laughs> or any any kind of validation yeah. that you're looking for from social media because nothing, nothing feels good. Hmm. Once you reach 5K, you'll feel like, 5K is kam. Hai. Once you reach 10K, you'll feel like, Are, 10K is very It's already I think you should just be happy with what you have and be content with yourself because if you're not content with yourself, you're literally doing nothing. You're not being justice to your followers. You're not being justice to yourself.
0: Hmm. Personally, even I, like I don't have a huge following right now, but I, for me, that's a good thing. That's something I actually want. I don't want a huge following right now because I'm testing. I'm still testing the waters in terms of even this podcast. Like my benchmark is, I want to release 100 pieces of content before I get a huge following. Because if I can release hundred pieces of content for let's say 78 people, that is the number, that's the benchmark I've set for myself, because right now I'm talking in terms of subscribers. I have 55 subscribers on YouTube. So if I can make a hundred pieces of content, I made 40 till now, by the way, for uh, wow. 78, uh, 78 people, I feel that this is a job I can do full time because I know that this is something I truly love because I didn't do it for the fame or the clout or the numbers, as you said, or the exactly. money. In fact. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Hmm. You brought out a very important point when you said that, because it, tr- it truly shows your passion yeah. that you're doing it every day, regardless of the numbers, not growing. So people give up after two days on Instagram, hmm. there are uh, new accounts messaging me for growth tips, growth hacks. And yeah. I'm just like, i abhi, abhi bhi nahi hua hai." What are you expecting? How are you expecting to just become like a big thing in a day? Hmm. If you're they- not going to work at it every day, then don't expect it. And if you are working at it every day and it's not working in your favor, then try and change your game. Try and like find your crowd or, or understand what the crowd that you already have wants. Hmm. If they're not liking what you're already putting out, then maybe try something else or try finding the kind of crowd who will like what you're putting out.
0: Now, when you're starting out, going for these growth hacks and growth tips is, as I said, just not good. Because if you, no matter how good you are at, let's say, playing the piano, if your content is piano based, your first video or your first few videos are going to suck. So,
1: exactly. You, you
0: if you're looking for a huge following, when your videos suck, then your image is going to be, oh, this guy sucks at making.
1: Sucks, that's why, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that like like Binod like Binod became a trend. Yeah. Like that uh, sabar kabar subscribe guy became a trend. Hmm. He he just said that sub, sabar kabar sub sub subscribe kardo meko.
0: Ha yeah, yeah yeah I've seen that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there are people who are subscribed. He has like two k or seven k something like that. He has followers like that. Hmm. Just just because they want to like make fun of him or whatever. But if you yeah. want to keep like shit content and like shit posting, then you cannot expect growth. Hmm.
0: Nahi, it's not a
1: long-term game for you if you want nahi. that. It's See, a one-day fame, and is, then you're
0: out. The thing is, now the social media crowd or the social media algorithm—I don't know which one to blame. It's putting, <laughs> it's promoting stuff like that at like really, really shitty stuff. So, as you said, one is this suburb cover. Then another, another big thing is these um, TikTok dances and these—I don't know what it is—but uh, people really, really follow these people who just. Um, put out like shitty dances, like they, they, I, I don't know what to say about it. It's just, it doesn't add any value to your life. The thing is earlier, someone who has a huge following usually adds value to you. Like let's say a food blogger, they have a huge following because, Oh, they're telling you about, okay, these, the value that they're adding is that, Oh, they're telling you about new places to try. But now the kind of content that people are consuming and the kind of people that they're following is just, Oh, they'll put out a dance on some generic song and they will like it and they'll forget about it and that's the kind of content either the algorithm or the people are promoting and w- what are your thoughts on this like just really really inexperienced shitty content getting promoted
1: i am pissed about it but i can't say or do anything about it which is why you don't see reels on my page yet yeah. because one i don't have a creative idea for i don't want to put out just like food panning or like food zooming videos or me eating food and like five images of me eating food back to back, back to back, back to back. Because what's the point of that video? Yeah, what's
0: the point of it?
1: What am I adding? Like not to my feed. I'm not adding anything to my feed. I'm not adding anything to my profile. Hmm. It's literally useless, time consuming. Hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if people even end up liking it. What's the point? If they like it for one day, then they come back to my page and they don't see shit content like that. They'll eventually leave.
0: No, it's a very forgettable thing, as you said, like, yeah. and I've spoken but, about this so many times on my LinkedIn, like a lot of the stuff I talk about in my podcast is already on LinkedIn. So <laughs> it's kind of like I'm <laughs> repurposing my content, but I've spoken about how people who get famous on TikTok or Reels just because they're dancing or, you know, objectifying themselves. They die off instantly because they are not establishing themselves as someone that you need
1: to see. Yeah, how many times will you want to go and watch the same person doing the same thing?
0: that's
2: On
1: YouTube that works because they're not doing that thing for 15 seconds or 20 seconds.
0: It's like 10 minutes. They're actually adding value.
1: Yeah, Yeah. they're adding value. They're giving you some content. They're they're giving you some information Mm -hmm. that you want to go back for.
0: Yeah. No, I feel creators like us, like we're very, very particular about what value we add to our followers. That's why we have like a really loving community of people. You have 7,000, I have 120, but all of those 120 followers, they message me every day or they keep in touch with me. I got fan art and
1: you know, yeah, that's a huge deal. I'm so happy for you.
0: Exactly, it's just one twenty followers and you get fan art. It means that there is some level of engagement. Like you're really, really doing something for them to do that.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Now, like if you're getting appreciation like that at this stage, then imagine what you would be once you become a big person, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, someone. <laughs> I, I hope like someone comes and listens to this podcast because I know for sure my like com- comedy videos or my informational videos will definitely get a lot of views but podcasts uh, very selective people listen to but you know this is something that I want to highlight more than my content because this adds the most value to anyone's life from my side. Yeah. Yeah. And like even with my comedy and my videos I try to be very very particular about what I am doing. I don't Go for very, yeah, you stick to the joke.
1: characters. I've seen, yeah, so I, when, you, when you're doing a character, you stick to that character.
0: And I don't go for very, like, I know a lot of comedy that goes around lame
1: on, dad jokes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: lame dad jokes or types of stuff like that. I try to address a very, very real problem in society. So if you have seen my videos, yeah, true
1: comedy, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: and. That that is exactly what gets stand up comedians to become stand up comedians. Like you know Sapan Varma and Angad Singh Ranyal and Tanmay but because okay, they talk about things that actually matter and add value to your life. They make you laugh and make educate you on things.
2: And yeah, that yeah. is something
0: super important. Like right now, these people who are dancing are trending and getting a lot of sponsorships and whatnot, but you know in some time. But
1: what happens once that dies out, right? Yeah, once exactly. Like once everyone's back so, to work, no one's gonna go and watch your video during work about you uh, dancing on a song or promoting a drink in your song.
0: Hmm. Nay, nee, so I'm, exactly, I'm not trying to hate on them. Like, of course, I feel some amount of um, dislike towards them because, come on, your stuff is getting promoted and mine is not. Like, this is something I could do in two seconds. I'm just, this is our advice for them, in fact, that guys step away from this. Start doing something that actually helps you make a mark on social media rather than just be be a part of a trend
1: yeah that's true trends die out i just think that that's just that's what i have
0: trends definitely
1: die out completely
0: Hmm.
1: you can't stick to just one trend you have to have to explore more and make a niche of your page Hmm. i think that's that's most important you have to be known Hmm. If, if a content goes out and your name is not on that content, people should still be able to recognize and say, okay, this is, this is her work. This mm-hmm. is Kunal's podcast. I've heard this before someone else is reusing it, but I don't think that's you. Hmm. I think this is Kunal because I've heard stuff like that from yeah. him
0: before. Yeah, In that, in that sense, like, uh, I feel, see, I, I, again, I've talked about this woman a lot. Her name is Sakshi Shivdasani and a <laughs> lot of people, she's like, from my school. Oh, I didn't know that. So, I mean,
2: yeah, she's a senior
0: Good for you, I guess. So, a lot of people hate on her for being really stupid or being—I I don't know what—why they hate on her. But like a lot of meme pages hate on her. But she is, in fact, one of the smartest people I have met in this real era. Because, again, she is a part of that entire dad joke or whatever lame joke type content. But her content stands out. Like if you see a video of her, you know, it's, oh, this is Shaxi Shivdasani. She has a personal brand that, oh, she's going to sit in front of a mirror and she's going to use her hands in some weird way and she's going to talk about it. That is her brand. And that I feel like people can learn from that, that, okay, if you want to make shitty content, good for you. I won't watch it, good for you. But at least establish yourself as someone different rather than, you know, just being another one of these people.
1: Exactly, exactly. So yeah, her content is, uh, it's very funny and very sarcastic and very relatable. Hmm. People might find her nasal, people might find her voice annoying, people might find her content repetitive but she had like the biggest growth on Instagram in quarantine. I don't know of any other account that grew as much as her account grew. Exactly. And this is what B. Unique, B Unique mentioned on one of his uh, talks hmm. and that's a big deal that a person like him knows Sakshi because Sakshi before quarantine, must have had what 10k, 11k because she had done India Stop Model. Yeah,
0: India Stop Model. She's
1: yeah. at what 190k or 150k or something like that today, which is mm-hmm. massive growth. It's massive growth. And yeah. also because she has the commitment to come up with different content every day and still post a reel every single day. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. That's, she a, posts that's a what
1: I was telling, right? Your passion can't die out. You can't be in a trend and say, yeah. i dance video. Nahe, fir mujhe kya karna. No. Once you like something, you have to actively be working at it every single day. And if you don't do that, then don't think that you're going to survive in this game. There's going to be a thousand pages every day.
0: Definitely. And I'm not the only one talking about it. As you said, just be unique, just be your bicep. So many people are talking about it because people like us, people who understand content and social media, we know that, okay, this is someone who will thrive and this is someone who won't. Like, I'm, as even you, you're pretty experienced with social media, two years and whatnot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> two years is not a long time. But yeah, I've had my share of ups and downs and I've learned a lot.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you know how this entire world works. And I mean, now I think one question I want to get to is, could you tell us a little bit about how brands, like, I know you've told me this, but tell the audience how brands have, you know, they don't pay you for the sponsored work, or they use this barter system to try to get publicity. But it's harming them more than it is helping them. Can you tell us a little about that?
1: So uh, a lot of uh, micro influencers is the right word to use. Yeah, yep. micro influencers, micro influencers. Uh, get uh, products in exchange of putting out free promotions uh, uh, across various platforms. Hmm. That's even how blogging and restaurant reviews work. So, and maybe that in one aspect is fair that, you know, they're giving you your product, you're reviewing it for them. But if they're expecting uh, a dedicated review, like Hmm. they're already before serving you, expecting you to give them a five-star rating or a good, despite of whatever your experience would have been. Hmm. One, it works negative for them because I'm not genuinely promoting it. I'm just doing it because I had, I had agreed to a deal. But my followers can sense when I'm genuinely promoting something and when I'm just writing for the heck of it. Mm. So that works in a negative sense. Secondly, when a person like me or any other micro influencer who is extremely good at what they do or maybe like very good, better than people who bought followers and are at 30, 40, 50K and don't have good engagement. Mm. Why do I have good engagement at 7K? Because my content is good. Yeah. It's standing out. I've worked hard on photography. I've worked hard. I've grown a lot from where I started. Hmm. And people have seen that and that's why they chose to stick around.
0: Exactly. No, that, that's and that's why okay.
1: more people came to my page. Because hmm. there was something that I was adding on that they weren't seeing on other pages.
2: Hmm.
1: They weren't seeing products being marketed like that. Like how I market. And everyone has their own style. Yeah. For sure brands don't see that brands just see a number and then they quote you a price and if if you're below 10k they don't even quote you a price you're literally like doing free promotions all the time which i don't understand because they are going to get business out of your promotion right so Mm -hmm. if they are getting paid if the middleman of the media agency that they've hired is getting paid why is a content creator not getting paid yeah how is my time of uh, searching for how to style and photograph a product, my experience of photography, my kit, my photography kit, the camera, the lens, everything that I've invested in. How is all of that zero? Just because I don't have 10K good followers. Following.
0: yeah. No, that's it's what... It's not brands... a good following.
1: So, let me correct you there. 30K is not a good following if your engagement ratio is less than what, 0.5%. Hmm. If you're getting what, 150 likes after 30K, hmm. then just shut your page. Hmm. People are not blind but brands are. Hmm. Brands still are living in the era of followers matter more than the engagement mattering which Hmm. is where uh, promotions don't work well for them. Even if you're giving an influencer your product Hmm. and you're paying them and you're Hmm. still not getting orders in return and you're wondering why that's happening. Hmm. That's because you're not looking at it correctly. Hmm. You're not looking at their profile correctly. Hmm. Maybe their profile doesn't fit you. So a fashion brand approaches me just because I post pictures of myself with food and I can do a fashion promotion. Maybe it'll work, maybe it'll not work because that's not my niche. My The following that I have is not here for this.
2: Mm.
1: And maybe it won't even work at a 40k blogger. But they mm. will still go to a 40k food blogger in, mm. who doesn't even have pictures of themselves on their entire feed mm. to experiment. I can take a chance with them. Why? Because they 40k. Whether they have 40 likes or 50 likes. After whatever following you have, so that makes zero sense, and that's how it's harming brands in my head. Like I think mm. it, it's it's supposed to be a give and take. Yeah. If I'm doing work for you, you're supposed to give me something back in return, especially mm. for the time I invested more than anything mm. else. Because I, I think- don't owe you anything just because you're sending me a two hundred rupee free two hundred rupees free product. Mm.
0: I mean, one of the reasons I signed you for Tribe is because of your engagement and a lot of the brands don't look at this. Like they as you said, they live in the era where they look at superficial following. Like they just look at the numbers, but they're not looking at the interaction. And that something that is something Instagram needs to work on. Like Instagram exactly. YouTube, Instagram, YouTube, everything. Like I'm just saying social media in general needs to start. Yeah, it's giving... a
1: major fuck up even on the apps part that apps allow paid partnerships and apps have this whole system of promoting content of people who are above one limit. Like I'll get a limited reach wherein even if it's it's an amazing photograph, acclaimed and praised, people who are in the photography business for more than ten years. Mm. If a photographer at that level is saying that my picture is good, then it is good. Mm. It's not just me thinking that I'm best or my mom and dad It's not like it's not a biased opinion. Mm. If if a, a claimed person is saying that, then maybe, yeah, there is something to it. But if I'm still not getting reach on it, it's because Instagram is not pushing it out to people. Hmm. And why is it not doing that? God alone knows.
0: Hmm. Nice, no, very true. But Instagram needs to start um, putting out engagement, um, metrics yeah. of engagement to brands, like instead of Insights. giving them following yeah. numbers. Insights.
1: Insights should be completely on engagement ratios. Exactly,
0: yeah. not following. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And that is something that I think I want to solve in social media through my startup. And I mean, I'm just plugging myself over here to be honest, but yeah. yeah Me monkey yeah. and a lot of these other social media agencies, this is exactly what we understand that brands don't. And that's why we need brands to come to us so we can help them. And yeah, so, okay going too much in that direction of hating on brands, hating on Instagram, hating on (laughs) content creators. It's just, okay, we don't want to go there anymore. We want to be very neutral. So last question for you before we go, what is the one thing you want to tell someone who is just starting out? I know you said a little earlier, but let's, you know, give me one solid piece of advice that you would tell any food blogger or just any blogger in general who is starting out.
1: Don't be afraid to be yourself.
0: Hmm. Okay, elaborate.
1: Just be yourself, be confident in what you are. And if, if it is your passion, you will do wonders.
0: Hmm.
1: Instagram algorithm won't stop you. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Persistence factors outlook. That's one thing, again, I've said so many times. I, this podcast is basically me repeating <laughs> what I've already said so many times. It is I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, this podcast is definitely a collection of my best thoughts. So <laughs> yeah.
1: Glad I brought out your best thoughts.
0: Yeah assistance factors out luck so that would be yes a good advice for anyone who's starting out so thank you for coming Mehak. always a pleasure to talk to you and um guys go show her page some love would do you want to plug yourself
1: uh yeah sure so uh i wouldn't say like follow subscribe and all of that (laughs) but uh, go check my page out it's called around the world in a plate and if you find something also i forgot to mention I post food memes. I was the yeah. first person who started posting food memes hmm. because I understood how memes were such a growing trend. Hmm. And those memes got me maximum reach over all my posts. And
0: engagement. You see the engagement. Yeah, engagement, engagement and yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, like there are 150 people reposting my memes, sending it to people and all of that. And like big people. There, there is uh, Sukriti Kakkar posted my meme on her page.
0: Hmm. Out Hi of Sukriti, nowhere. Right? Yeah. Hi, Sukriti, like, at the rate, hi, Sukriti, that one. No,
1: no, 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 Sukriti Kaka, she's a singer. Oh, She's okay. a very
0: famous singer. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay, that's, that's really cool, man. So, yeah. her, her if you're a college student listening to this, one, keep listening to my podcast because I give out some really good advice over here. And two, <laughs> definitely check out her page because she knows her food, her college cuisine. It's, it's like a completely unexplored domain that she has already explored. So definitely check out our page. And Mehek, I'll see you later. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Check the description for a food blog's IG handle. Recommended content for this week is a short film called Echoes of You by Henry Kiliki. I don't know if I said that right, but interesting fact, the lead actor, Lawrence Fuller, reached out to me and asked me to watch this film, and I loved it. Again, as I've said multiple times, reach out to me. And show me your content, show me your best content. So if I like it, I can recommend it on my podcast. And also we can get to know each other. So one word for this, it's heartwarming. It's a good slice of life movie that you could really use during these tough times. And there's almost no dialogues, but I got to say the few that were there could have been better. The music on the other hand is really, really good. It's about 20 minutes long. So definitely check it out. I'll link it in the description. So. Hit the subscribe or follow button if you liked this. And if you didn't, let me know why in a review or in the comments. And guys, if y'all are listening on iTunes, please, please leave a review. In case you hit that subscribe or follow button, follow my content on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, all are linked in the description. So I'll see you guys next week.